Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, gay Tanzanians are living in fear after the commissioner of the country's largest city called for a witch hunt to round up gay people. Over 1,600 scientists have joined in protest over the Trump administration's plans to redefine transgender people out of existence. A notorious ex-gay therapist is caught trolling for sex on gay dating apps. And a Grey's Anatomy star came out on social media minutes after his TV character experienced his first same-sex kiss. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Gay Tanzanians are living in fear after Paul Makanda, regional commissioner for Dar es Salaam, Tanzania's most popular city, issued a public witch hunt on October 29th to name gay individuals, as well as anyone suspected of being gay. Makanda demanded, give me their names. My ad hoc team will begin to get their hands on them next Monday. Frightening. According to The Guardian, the following day, he claimed to have received more than 5,700 messages with more than 100 names. Meanwhile, a 17-member committee has been organized to identify gay individuals on social media and arrest them. Jeffrey Mashala, an LGBT activist in Tanzania, told The Guardian, Every gay person is living in fear. Even the parents of gay children are also living in great fear. And the homophobia in Tanzania isn't just limited to the government. According to Mashala, if you are on the bus or walk on the street and maybe two or three guys start to shout, hey, he's a gay, he's a gay, suddenly 10 people can join these two people or 20 people and start attacking you on the street. You cannot do anything. You cannot go to the police. You cannot ask people to help you. Mashallah says LGBT people in Tanzania are forced to keep a low profile. Quote, If it ever gets noticed that you are an LGBT activist, you'll be arrested and they might just silence you in a way that people will never know. In Tanzania, same-sex relations are punishable by up to 30 years in prison. The government there has been cracking down on homosexuality since 2015, when John Magafuli was elected president. Another LGBT activist in Tanzania who asked to remain anonymous told The Guardian police in the country encourage the sexual assault of jailed gay men. He said, they take you to custody and tell other men, this one is gay. You can do anal sex with him because he enjoys it in the streets. Aaron Kilbride, media and visibility coordinator for the human rights group Frontline Defenders, interviewed 80 LGBT people over the summer and says that all but two of those 80 individuals say they've been sexually assaulted or raped by police while in custody. Tanzania isn't alone in these prosecutions. Amnesty International reports homosexuality is illegal in 38 African countries and is punishable by death in four, Mauritania, Sudan, northern Nigeria, and southern Somalia. 
Over 1,600 members of the scientific committee have signed a letter which denounces the Trump administration's plan to redefine transgender people out of existence by defining gender as the one established at birth. This comes after a private memo outlining the U.S. government's proposal to limit the definition on gender was leaked to the New York Times last week. Those signing the letter, which accuses the White House of indulging in pseudoscience, include 700 biologists, over 100 geneticists, and nine Nobel Prize winners. The letter declares that the government's proposal is in no way grounded in science, as the administration claims, and that this proposal is fundamentally inconsistent not only with science, but also with ethical practices, human rights, and basic dignity. The leaked memo suggests that gender should be defined based only on a person's genitalia at birth. Publication of the memo caused severe backlash from LGBTQ rights activists, many of whom claim a move such as this would erase the identities of transgender people living in America. The letter reads, The relationship between sex chromosomes, genitalia, and gender identity is complex and not fully understood. Those scientists are just beginning to understand the biological basis of gender identity, it's clear that many factors, known and unknown, mediate the complex links between identity, genes, and anatomy. The letter goes on to say that there are currently no scientific tests that can unambiguously determine gender or even sex, and that even if such tests existed, it would be unconscionable to use the pretext of science, and this is important, to enact policies that overruled the lived experience of people's own gender identities. The letter comes days after more than 50 of the biggest companies in the United States, including Google, Apple, Nike, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft, released a joint statement blasting the Trump administration's move to remove legal protections for transgender Americans. Additionally, a group of 98 House Democrats, led by Representative Joseph Kennedy III of Massachusetts, are speaking out to urge the Department of Health and Human Services not to implement the proposal. In a letter to Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar, dated November 2nd, House Democrats say the reported plan would amount to, quote, abandoning transgender people's right to equal access to health care, housing, education, and fair treatment under the law. In addition to Kennedy, other signers of the letter include gay representatives Jared Paulus of Colorado, David Ciceline of Rhode Island, Mark Takano of California, Sean Patrick Maloney of New York, and Mark Pocan of Wisconsin. A notorious ex-gay therapist who takes money from unsuspecting patients promising to cure them of being gay while secretly trolling for sex with men on dating apps has been outed. According to Truth Wins Out, Norman Goldwasser by day is an Orthodox Jewish therapist at Horizon Psychological Services who compares homosexuality to obsessive-compulsive disorder and misleads clients by claiming that their sexual orientation can be changed with his special brand of quack therapy, which is rejected by every medical and mental health association. According to an undercover investigation by Truth Wins Out, Goldwasser solicits sexual partners on manhunt, 
a gay dating app using the profile Hot and Harry 72. Well, that's original. During their operation, Goldwasser, going by the pseudonym Dave, offered to meet for sex with their operative named Brandon at a Fort Lauderdale motel room. Goldwasser also had a profile on Bear Nation by the same name. Clearly, the hypocrisy is stunning. As I've reported before on The Randy Report, studies have shown that so-called ex-gay therapy can lead to depression, anxiety, drug use, homelessness, and possibly suicide. Also known as reparative or conversion therapy, the practice has been debunked and denounced by nearly every major medical organization, including the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Currently, 15 states, and I'll list them, Connecticut, California, Nevada, New Jersey, Oregon, Illinois, Vermont, New York, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Washington, Maryland, Hawaii, New Hampshire, and Delaware, plus the District of Columbia, all have laws or regulations protecting young LGBT people from the harmful practice. Additionally, local municipalities, including cities and counties in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Washington, Florida, New York, Arizona, and Wisconsin, have also passed similar legislation. In reporting the story for Truth Wins Out, Executive Director Wayne Beeson writes that Goldwasser's double life of unconscionable lies highlights the rank hypocrisy and predatory nature of the fraudulent ex-gay industry. Beeson, who's also the author of Anything Bust Straight, Unmasking the Scandals and Lies Behind the Ex-Gay Myth, says his organization doesn't condone outing others unless, quote, there is overwhelming hypocrisy, exchange of commerce, and the threat of harm to LGBT youth. Clearly, the Goldwasser situation ticks all three boxes. Goldwasser has long ties to the conversion therapy community, going back to Jews offering new alternatives to homosexuality, also known as Jonah, an ex-gay therapy organization which was ordered dissolved by New Jersey Superior Court in 2015 for violating consumer fraud laws. Beeson told Joe My God that he had been communicating with Goldwasser in advance of the Truth Wins Out article, and Goldwasser apparently begged Beeson to consider his children and grandchildren in regard to exposing him. Beeson shared a text message from Goldwasser which read, I guess you hung up on me. I'm going to take what you said to heart and process it. If you want to prove a point, then please do so without destroying my ability to support my family. You are right that this is what I caused, and there may be no room for empathy for me. I have innocent children and grandchildren who are still processing the loss of their mother, and they don't deserve to be traumatized any further. Beeson told Joe My God, I reminded Goldwasser that he was asking for sympathy that he never afforded his victims some teenagers, as he coldly collected their money and ruined their lives. Beeson continued, saying, I also told him that only caring about his own predicament without apologizing for the harm he caused other people was narcissistic, something he could, unlike homosexuality, fix by visiting a real therapist. 
This scandal comes to light as the new film Boy Erased opens in theaters this weekend. The movie, starring Academy Award nominee Lucas Hedges and Academy Award winners Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe, focuses on the true life experiences of Gerard Connolly, whose parents sent him to ex-gay camp when they discovered his sexuality when he was a teenager. In advance of this year's World AIDS Day, December 1st, and as a long-standing supporter of HIV-AIDS awareness and research, Coca-Cola is partnering with RED to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the groundbreaking film Philadelphia with a new documentary titled The Last Mile. Inspired by the progress made in HIV-AIDS since the 1993 release of Philadelphia, The Last Mile features cast members Tom Hanks, Mary Steenburgen, and Denzel Washington, along with the film's writer, Ron Nieswanner, discussing director Jonathan Demme's sensitive vision for the film. The illustrious group also discusses how the film changed perceptions about HIV-AIDS from fear to compassion, from stigma to empathy. In a newly released trailer for the documentary, Mary Steenburgen says it's hard for people to realize how intense that moment in time was. There was a tremendous amount of fear and a lack of knowledge. Denzel Washington says, I remember the different scarred faces, people with scars on their faces. I remember the sadness. And Tom Hanks, who would go on to win the Academy Award for Best Actor for his powerful performance of a Philadelphia lawyer diagnosed with AIDS, adds, Going in and out of New York City, you ended up seeing it all over the place. Men were pushing other men around in wheelchairs. The documentary short is produced by Coca-Cola as part of the beverage giant's social initiative Project Last Mile, which works to improve availability of life-saving medications to more and more regions of Africa. The film shares the work of dedicated healthcare workers in Africa who are changing the face of the AIDS epidemic. The strides, they're extraordinary, says Hanks of the work being done in Africa, but there is still a massive amount of need for attention that something like the pandemic of AIDS is going to require. And Mary Steenburgen adds, we have come a long way. I think it's time to continue to be inspired. In terms of progress, there are nearly 22 million people living with HIV around the world who now have access to treatment. But in 2017 alone, nearly 1 million people died from AIDS, a disease that is both preventable and treatable. The new documentary hopes to empower those on the front lines of the epidemic by reinforcing continued awareness and support. The Last Mile will be available on November 15th at red.org slash Coca-Cola. You can see the trailer at therandyreport.com. I've been loving the new season of Grey's Anatomy, especially with the arrival of Alex Landy as the show's first openly gay surgeon, Dr. Nico Kim. In its 15 seasons on the air, the series has featured multiple LGBTQ characters, including bisexual Dr. Callie Torres, openly lesbian Dr. Arizona Robbins, and the transgender intern Dr. Casey Parker. The first few episodes of this season have introduced a flirtatious storyline between Kim 
and nerdy but totally adorable Dr. Levi Schmidt, also known as Glasses, played by Jake Borelli, who joined the cast last season. Schmidt, who hasn't identified as anything but straight before now, gasped the first time he saw Kim. And in an operating room scene, he almost fainted when Kim winked at him. Well, after weeks of awkward chats and misconnections, this all came to a head during this week's episode as Kim made his move and kissed Schmidt in an elevator scene. The kiss and the moment after are very touching. You can check out a video recap of the flirtation on therandyreport.com. In fact, the moment was so impactful that Borelli took to his Instagram shortly after the episode aired and came out as gay. He wrote, As a gay guy myself, tonight's episode was so special to me. This is exactly the kind of story I craved as a young gay kid growing up in Ohio, and it blows my mind that I'm able to bring life to Dr. Levi Schmidt as he begins to grapple with his own sexuality this season on Grey's Anatomy. His vulnerability and courage inspire me every day, and I hope he can do the same for you. He continued by saying, To all of you who feel like little Levi's out there, know that I do too, that you are seen, and that we're all in this together. And to everyone who has supported me over the years, I can't thank you enough, and I love you more than all the stars. Grey's Anatomy showrunner Krista Vernoff told Entertainment Weekly that the inspiration for Borelli's character and budding romance was a friend in college, quote, who was sort of a clumsy, thumpering type who would trip over his own feet and would stutter, and then he came out towards the end of our freshman year and emerged as a completely different human being because he was living in his truth. Living in his truth seemed to set something free in him where he was no longer tripping over his own feet. I wanted to tell that story with Jake because it felt like a really beautiful way to evolve his character. Then we realized it had never been done. It was a hugely exciting thing. I don't know about you, but I'm totally smitten with Mr. Jake Borelli. If you haven't followed Grey's Anatomy for a while, this is a great time to check back in with the folks at Seattle's Grace Mercy West Hospital. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 Minutes of Gay News only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com and instinctmagazine.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.